0: You're listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2212 South Broad Street. For more information, check out circleofhope.net or join us in person on Sunday evenings at 5 and 7 p.m. We're going to talk about love tonight, and it's the last fruit of the Spirit. It's It's the last one in our little series that we've been doing. And I think we saved the best for last. Um, Because here we are at the pinnacle, the firstborn, the consummate of all the fruits of the Spirit, which are just like descriptions of what it's like to know God and be filled by God. Um, But Paul put it first, Paul in the Bible put it first in his list, love, because he says, and I agree with him, that it more, more accurately describes the nature of God than anything else. And everything we're trying to do together is impossible without it. It's, it's our very heart and soul, the air we breathe. And uh, I like how Paul says it. If my click Does my clicker work, Josh? Oh, yeah, thank you. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but don't have love, I sound like a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If you've ever had a a child who plays the drums, you know what that's like, although he's really good now. (laughs) And he's sitting right here. If I had the gift of prophecy and understand all of God's mysteries and possess all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I don't have love, I am nothing. If I give everything I have to the poor and even sacrifice my body, I could boast about it, but if I don't love others, I gain nothing. So it doesn't matter how smart or special or religious or successful you are. Paul's saying if we're not motivated and filled by love, we're kind of missing the whole point. So what, what does Paul mean by love? Because... You know, there's a lot of different ways to think about love, a lot of different kinds of love, a lot of versions of love out there. So in order to find out what love is, I did what any free-thinking person does, and I googled what is love. And the first thing that came up <laughs> was this song from 10th grade. Play a little bit of it for us, Jeff. What is love, baby don't Hattaway. hurt me, don't hurt me, no more, <laughs> baby don't hurt me, Everybody not me, no more, yeah, thank you. I, I think he actually, if you watch the video, Hadaway from Trinidad, he actually gets all the stuff a lot of stuff in there that anthropologists would say that love is. Physical attraction, emotional attachment, passion, romance, all good things. And uh, there, the anthropologists would say like the, the evolutionary explanation is that love helps, love like that helps our species to cooperate. We need to cooperate to survive, to subsist, to learn, to reproduce, and to raise our children. And they say romantic and parental love is essentially the neurochemical reward for cooperating, which is cognitively quite difficult. It's kind of a biological bribery, in other words. I love how scientists talk. But love is the basement of animal, the basis of animal attach- attachment, they say, distinct from lust or sex drive. But but they also say it starts with lust in the amygdala, um, that ancient central part of the brain that's responsible for emotion, by releasing the neurochemicals dopamine and oxytocin. These anthropologists that I was reading were saying, like, forget about love at first sight, it's not true, it's really lust at first sight. Um... Dopamine is the general reward chemical, which makes you feel euphoric, warm, and motivated to form a relationship with someone. Oxytocin works to lower your inhibitions by, by um, to forming a relationship. And this attraction, they say, is triggered by, by physical signs. And, and they were also describing that like we all have like a, dren- a genetic map um, that we've kind of developed growing up of like the kind of partner that, that, that we might want to have. Um, I was thinking about how Jeff pretty much asked me to marry him on our first date, and I was really, I didn't know what to do with that, but I liked him anyway. I, I knew I liked him, so I stuck around. If the relationship continues, it moves to the neocortex, the, f- the, the part of the brain responsible for social cognition, where all that trust and empathy and planning ahead and trying to coordinate your life with that person sits. In this experience, the brain is flooded with an opiate called beta-endorphin. And so when you're with that person, it's very addictive. You, when, when you're away from that person, you go through this like withdrawal, and you want to go back and get another hit. But the scientists all agree that our experiences of of love are influenced by factors that cannot be put into any kind of algorithm. It's um, It's not that scientific and so I think that's why all the dating apps have limited success. And of course, sustaining love is a lot harder than getting into it. Indifference kills love way more than hatred does And I I think we all know about that, like the the challenge to keep caring in all of our relationships. So that's where science, I think, points us to a power greater than ourselves. And I say we need the love of God to enable us to keep caring um, beyond these initial moments that singing about, and Jesus actually provides it. So, you know, when, when Paul is talking about love in 1 Corinthians, this kind of love, um, the word that he uses in the Greek, and there's like seven different Greek words for love, and they all describe like different kinds of, of love, friendship love, familial love, uh, physical love, but the word that he uses is for divine love. Um, specifically the self-giving love of God in Christ on the cross. So I, I was glad Susie picked that song, because um, that, that is specifically the kind of love that Paul is talking about here, the love of Christ on the cross. And he, he says that uh, this is the foundation of everything, this, this soul love, agape, this love that we get from God. And so that's the kind of love I want to offer to you tonight as the fruit of the Spirit and the fullness of love. It's love that must be received first. It's love that is otherworldly, but through the gift of Christ, it's embodied in us here now. We can know it. We can share it. In fact, we do express it. So the love of God in Christ is a that is a fruit of the Spirit, doesn't stand in judgment of others, but rather lays down our lives for them. It wins the victory through all kinds of acceptance and embrace, even of negativity, imperfection, ambiguity, and contradiction. It allows us to hold and transform disorder and absurdity and tragedy, and it's why Paul says that the message of the cross is foolishness to people who, uh, to the powerful, to people who are successful in the ways of the world, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. Our, our friend Steve died this week suddenly, um, and, it, and it felt really absurd. I think some of you knew him um, of our congregation but he just he had a routine tent like elbow surgery and the next morning he wasn't feeling well and um it turns out he had a blood, blood clot and he died and it, it makes no sense we can't find reason for all the death and destruction and tragedy in the world i think only the cross makes a way for us to stay present to the pain and move through. I think without following Jesus through suffering, it's easy to become cynical and depressed, bitter, addicted, and for good reason. There's no meaning in the death of all things and the imperfection of everything. I think that God shows us that the deepest meaning is actually in the embrace of all that meaninglessness on the cross. God God transcended it by dwelling in it. And I think thus makes a way for us to follow him through all the absurdity and tragedy and contradiction. But I think what we see in the world today is a great great workaround, um, a great escape from, from entering into that absurdity and confusion. Um, And and I'm afraid it's a great death of opportunity to avoid the cross, but that's the temptation that we have uh, every second. Um, My friend Hashan from high school sent me this video. Uh, It's um, an animation, you might have seen it before because I like find things like a year or five years later. Um, So it came out last year uh, but I think it, it, it's a little dark, but I think it describes this, um, this compulsion to avoid what's dark and ugly. So the, the point I wanted to make about that is not that technology is evil, but just that it gives us this constant opportunity to avoid what is difficult or or, uh, painful, or absurd, um, or confounding. And I think the, the greatest enemy of ordinary daily goodness and joy is not imperfection, but the demand for some supposed perfection. And so the invitation of the cross meets us there in that demand, providing a way through the dark side of life and all its disappointments. It invites us to see with the eyes of the crucified one who, can, who holds all of the contradictions. Only he can help us be patient and trusting and compassionate in the presence of human misery and failure, especially of our own. And I think without that perspective and that hope and that presence, it's easy to harden and retreat. Richard Rohr, um, one of my favorite theologians, and I know many of yours, says that our wounds can no longer wound us once we gaze upon Jesus and let him return his message from the cross. And so his, uh, his invitation to know love would be like a call to prayer and contemplation. But he would say that um, the the message of the cross is essentially to to um, receive these these words that Jesus actually said from the cross, to receive that we will and must face a feeling of forsakenness, that we must eventually be able to say, Father, forgive them for they, they know not what they do, and that we might end our life by saying, into your hands, Lord, I entrust my spirit. And, of course, life is so much fuller if we don't wait till the end to do that. This is how we learn the ways of love, and this is how we grow in love. Two people that that really, uh, who really did that when they were young, um, did this whole, like, entrusting their spirit thing to God, are, are Francis and Claire of Assisi, and they keep inspiring me a lot, so... This is why when my dad takes me to Italy, to the homeland in a few weeks uh, to find our grandparents' home, we're going to make a straight detour to Assisi first. <laughs> we're going there. Um, I like Francis and Clare so much because they, they spurned um, the whole success and war and economic agendas of 13th century Europe and even though they could have gone far in them and they, dro- they dropped out instead because they fell in love with Jesus and their wealthy families were not happy about this. Um, Francis did it first. If you have heard the story or seen the movie Brother, Son, Sister, Moon that Rod always talks about from the 70s, uh, Francis like strips down. He takes all his clothes off in front of the, the cathedral that is you know, espousing this religion of perfectionism. And um, he he basically wonders out loud why everybody's ignoring Jesus' command to sell everything they have and give it to the poor and oppressing people in a lot of other ways. And then Claire, um, who was a little younger than him, really wanted to, to follow him and... Um, He helped her, and he he got in big trouble for, like, cutting all her hair off and um, allowing her to be part of the mission with some other women, God forbid. And I don't don't think women were doing that um, at that time. And their fathers hunted them down for a while for all this nonsense. Uh, I have an Italian father, so I'd be scared of that too. But they persisted on these lives of poverty and chastity so that they could follow Christ as as fully as they heard the invitation. Francis started a movement with other young men um, traveling around preaching, speaking truth to power. He, you know, he gets known for this like kind of birdbath theology. You see him with like animals and stuff. And that was just, I think that that You know, he really did, like, call out the revelation of God in creation, but that was its just a piece of what he did. Um, and then young Kiara, she started a home with other women, a home of mercy to care for the poor. And um, these women took vows that never to wear shoes and never to eat meat, and they just tried to rely on God for everything. What I really want you to remember is that they were both known for this joy, this absolute joy and contentment. It was, it was all based on this, uh, on this um, embrace of their vulnerability and weakness and smallness, their littleness. Uh, people who have followed Francis over the years uh, have been called the little brothers of Jesus. I like that. These two revealed that the invisible world is an active doorway. I'm sorry. These two revealed that the visible world is an active doorway to the invisible world, which is much larger than the visible world. And sometimes we call that mystical insight the, the, inc- the mystery of the incarnation or the union of the material and the spiritual worlds or simply Christ. Francis and Claire revealed that matter is and has always been the hiding place for the spirit, forever offering itself to be discovered anew, that God can actually be known here right now in the midst of everything that happens in Philadelphia. So I want to leave you with some more of Paul's words about love in case you fear that you can't access it enough to meet your needs. I would encourage you to be okay with your littleness and weakness, your poorness of spirit, in order to experience the patience of the incarnation. In our weakness, he is strong. And in fact, we are able to do some amazing things together. God is not going anywhere on you, especially in a Trump era. nor angels, nor demons, nor, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.